0: On the 1st of December, 1888, the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Maza Ghulam Ahmed, on whom peace, published an announcement that God had had ordained him that whomsoever seeks true faith and piety should take bet, meaning the pledge of allegiance to him, so that Allah may shower his mercy and beneficence on them. A month later, on the 12th of January, 1889, he then published a pamphlet in which He laid down ten conditions of bat, meaning the Pledge of Allegiance for the initiations into the community. And in this pamphlet, he made it known that anyone who wishes to enter into the Covenant of Allegiance should swear on the following from the core of his heart. And these were ten, basically, ten points or ten conditions. Number one, The initiate shall solemnly promise that he or she shall abstain from shirk, meaning associating any partner with God, right up to the day of his or her death. Number two, that he or she shall keep away from falsehood, fornication, adultery, trespasses of the eye, debauchery, dissipation, cruelty, dishonesty, mischief and rebellion. And that he or she will not permit herself or himself to be carried away by passions, however strong, they might be. Number three, that he or she shall regularly offer the five daily prayers in accordance with the commandments of God and the Holy Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God Almighty be upon him. And shall try his or her best to the to be regular in offering the Tahajat, meaning the pre morning prayer, and invoking Durud salutations, on the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That he or she shall make it his or her daily routine to ask forgiveness for his or her sins, to remember the bounties of God and to praise and glorify Him. 4. That under the impulse of any passions, he or she shall cause no harm whatsoever to the creatures of God in general and Muslims in particular, neither by his or her tongue, hands, nor any other means. 5. 5 that he or she shall remain faithful to God in all circumstances of life, in sorrow and in happiness, in adversity and in prosperity, in felicity and in trial, and that he or she shall in all conditions remain resigned to the decree of God and keep himself or herself ready to face all kinds of indignities and sufferings in his way and shall never turn away from him at the onslaught of any misfortune. On the contrary, He or she shall march forward. Number six. That he or she shall refrain from following un-Islamic customs and lustful inclinations, and shall completely submit himself or herself to the authority of the Holy Quran, and that he or she shall make the word of God and the sayings of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, his or her guiding principles in every walk of their life. Number seven. That he or she shall entirely give up pride and vanity and shall pass all of his or her life in humbleness, cheerfulness, forbearance and meekness. Number eight. That he or she shall hold faith, the honor of faith and the cause of Islam dearer than his or her life, wealth, honor, children and all loved ones. Number nine. That he or she shall keep himself or herself occupied in the service of God's creatures for his sake only and shall endeavour towards the beneficence of mankind to the best of his or her God-given abilities and powers. And lastly, number 10. That he or she shall enter into a bond of brotherhood with this humble servant of God, pledging obedience to me in everything good for the sake of God, and remain faithful to it until the day of his or her death, that he or she shall exert such a high devotion in the observance of this bond as it is not to be found in any other worldly relationship and connection that demand devoted dutifulness. So these were the ten conditions laid out by the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam on whom be peace. Before we get into the details with our guests here in the studio of what all this means, I would like to mention that this system of Ba'at, this Pledge of Allegiance, actually goes back a little bit further than 1889. Well, not a little bit, but quite a lot. All the way back to the time of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God, Almighty be upon him. So let me just quickly run through that. In the year 619, the Prophet of Islam goes to Taif, which was a city um, in Arabia to spread the message of Islam. And long story short, he was rejected by the people there and driven out of Taif. And then the Hajj, the pilgrimage, approaches and he continues to spread the message of Islam to the pilgrims that come to Mecca some listen, some don't, some he can approach, and to some um, um, you know, he, he, he's not able to because they are warned by the Meccans and ushered away by them, don't listen to him, he's a madman. So during all this, he comes across a group of six or seven people in the valley of Mina. He found that they belonged to the Khazrit tribe, uh, which was a tribe in Medina, which was in alliance with the Jews. He asked them if they would listen to what he had to say. They had heard of him and were interested, so they agreed. So the prophet spent some time telling them that the kingdom of God was at hand, that idols were going to disappear, that the idea of one God was due to triumph, and and piety and purity were once again going to rule. And he asked them, would the people in Medina welcome that message? That group was actually quite impressed. So they accepted the message and promised on their return to Medina that they would speak to others and report the next year whether, you know, Medina would be willing to receive Muslim refugees from Mecca or not. So they went back and did exactly what they said. Let's fast forward one more year. At the next Hajj, the next pilgrimage, 12 men from the Medina came to from, from Medina came to Mecca to join the Prophet of Islam. Ten of these belonged to one tribe with the Hazraj, and two to another tribe, the Oz. So they met the Prophet again in the Valley of Mina, and holding the Prophet's hand solemnly declared their belief in the oneness of God and their resolve to abstain from all common evils, from you know infanticide, from, from, from making false accusations against one another, etc. And they also resolved to obey the Prophet, um, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in all good things. Now this group also went back. But they asked the Prophet of Islam that, you know, we don't really have much knowledge of what Islam actually is. So if you could send us someone who who could teach us. So here comes um, one of the companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, a very young companion at that time. Um, Hazrat Musab, may Allah be pleased with him. And he is considered to be the first missionary of Islam Uh, in the history of Islam ever. So the Prophet sends him to Medina to teach the people about what exactly Islam is, what exactly um, they have accepted, basically. And things start to change in Medina. You see idols were being thrown out of houses. Heads stopped bowing before images. And the word started to spread very rapidly and quickly. And now we fast forward another year the third hajj the third pilgrimage arrives among the pilgrims from medina was a large party of muslims this year owing to meccan opposition these muslims from medina wished to see the prophet on whom be peace in private the prophet's own thoughts were turning more and more to medina as a likely place for migration because remember there's a lot of opposition, there's a lot of hostility against the Prophet of Islam in Mecca. So he mentions this to his closest friends and relatives, but you know, they try to dissuade him from all thoughts of this kind. And saying that although Mecca was full of opposition, it offered the support of several influential, you know, relations. The prospects at Medina were quite uncertain and, and should Medina prove as hostile as Mecca, would the Prophet's Meccan relations be able to help? So one night, after midnight, the Prophet of Islam again met the Muslims from Medina in the valley of Aqaba this time. His uncle, Hazrat Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, was with the Prophet. The Muslims from Medina numbered 73, out of whom 62 belonged to the Khazraj tribe and 11 to the Aus. And the party included two women as well, one being Ummi Amara, uh, may Allah be pleased with her, of the Banu Najjar. And they had been taught Islam by, as I said, the first missionary ever to be sent to uh, to any place, so in, the, in this case Medina, Hazard Musab, may Allah be pleased with him. And boy, were they full of faith and determination and zeal. And later on, if you read the history of Islam, some of these early Muslims, they... I mean they, they laid their faith uh, Or they laid their lives um, uh, For the sake of, of of their faith down So this party of Medina Muslims in short They um, attained to great distinction for their loyalty and faith They came to Mecca not for wealth but for faith And, and they had it in abundance Being with the Prophet of Islam Now moved by family ties and feeling legitimately responsible for the safety of the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. His uncle, Hazrat Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, thus addressed the party and said, O Khazraj, this my relation is respected here by his people. They're not all Muslims, yet they protect him. But he has chosen now to leave us and go to you. Oh Khazraj, do you know what will happen? All Arabia will be against you. If you realize the risks entailed by your invitation, then take him away. If you do not, then give up your intention and let him stay here. The leader of this party from, from Medina, Hazrat al-Bara, Hazrat Al-Bara, may Allah be pleased with him, replied very firmly and assuredly, We have heard you. Our resolution is firm. Our lives are at the disposal at the disposal of the Prophet of God. We are decided and only await his decision. Upon this, the Prophet gave a further exposition of Islam and its teachings. And explaining this, he told the party that he would go to Medina if they would hold Islam as dear as they held their wives and children. He wasn't... Quite finished when this party of seventy-three devotees cried "Yes, yes," in one voice, and their zeal, they forgot that they could be overheard again. Remember, this is all being done in secret. So Hazrat Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, cautioned them to speak low. But I mean, look, that the party was full of faith. They were, you know, overcome with emotions. Death now was nothing in their eyes. And when Hazat Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, cautioned the party, one of them said aloud, we are not afraid, O Prophet of God, permit us and we can deal with the Meccans right now and avenge the wrongs they have done to you. But, as we know, the Prophet of Psalm said that he had not yet been commanded to fight. So the party then took the oath of allegiance and the meeting dispersed. So 1889, when the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, starts with this Pledge of Allegiance. It's not a new phenomenon. It's not something which is introduced by him for the first time. Again, everything that the community does, every aspect of the community is rooted deeply in the teachings of the Holy Qur'an in the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and in the Islamic religion. Having said that, uh, we're going to delve a little bit more into detail about what this institution, this pledge actually means. Here with me to help me a little bit more on this topic is Imam Faiz Nasser. As-salamu alaykum, Imam Faiz Nasser and JazakAllah for, for joining us today.
1: JazakAllah, thank you very much for having me and wa'alikum as-salam rahmatullahi wa May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you too
0: What exactly, let's get right into it What exactly is this word bad? If you can explain it for our listeners What's what's the meaning of it?
1: Yeah, so the bad, uh, the word bad, literally means to uh, sell your life, sell yourself to Allah the Almighty But before we get into uh, talking about the word baith and you know the whole concept of baith i have a quote of uh, the promised messiah uh, may peace be upon him uh, and i quote and he says in malfuzat uh, volume 6 page 173 and i quote bath truly means to sell oneself its blessing and impact are based on that condition just as a seed is sown into the ground its original condition is that the hand of the farmer has sown it but it is not known what will happen to it. If the seed is of good quality and possesses the capacity to grow, then with the grace of Allah the Almighty, and as a consequence of the work done by the farmer, it grows until one grain turns into a thousand grains. Similarly, the person taking bath has to first adopt lowliness and humility and has to distance himself from, from his ego and selfishness. Then that person becomes fit for growth. But he who continues to hold onto his ego along with taking bath will never receive any grace. And like I mentioned before, this is from Malfuzaat, volume uh, 6, page 173, and the Prophet says clearly. Mentioned or explained what bath is and what is required from an individual mm-hmm. who's who's going through um, so, the bath. Yeah. So
0: from 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 what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong here. It's it's the first step on your on your spiritual journey, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're handing yourself your soul over to God Almighty, and this is not just something. Um, you're not selling yourself like in worldly terms, as we no, might understand. No, of course not. This is yeah. this is you handing yourself over to your Creator. Yeah. Uh, the promised land has
1: clearly given us an example, um, just as, you know, when a farmer plants a seed mm. into the ground, uh, not knowing whether that seed will even grow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he still has some sort of faith yeah, yeah. into into God and into that seed that, okay, my first step is that I have to plant the seed. Yeah. So in the same way, uh, for us, planting the seed is that we have to get our mindset straight. Yeah. And we need to understand when we're taking bath why we're actually taking it. And the whole concept of that is to to sell yourself to Allah the Almighty in terms of making a promise to Allah the Almighty mm. that whatever conditions or whatever your command commandments are mm. uh, I will um you know adhere up, to them yeah up to my best of my and, abilities and the 10 conditions and as we read. That's, that's exactly where the 10 conditions of bad come from and uh, again uh people may think or people may say that um you know the promised messiah may peace be upon him has has created these 10 conditions but if you yeah. read through them uh, yeah. properly with understanding um, then you'll see that they are no different to what the Holy Prophet uh, may bless- the peace and blessings of Allah be upon yeah. him, had, had told the Muslims or his yeah. companions 1,400 years ago. Well, it's I the same same the thing, yeah. yeah. Like you mentioned in the beginning of
0: the program, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that. Now, um, uh, you know, we want to move on very quickly to to today's day and age and 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 how this pledge is. Uh, you know, carried out and how this whole ceremony plays out today. But before that, I want to ask you. Yeah. So I mentioned at the beginning also the dates. What was it? Looking at eighteen eighty-eight, eighteen eighty-nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why did it take so long for him to actually start this? Yeah. This? This? This, uh, this pledge.
1: So you know, whenever, uh, like we've seen uh, into history, uh, whenever there's a prophet or whenever a prophet um, comes, mm-hmm. there is nothing that the prophet does with his own understanding. I mean uh, of course he, he was on uh, accord uh, yes. Yeah. He doesn't take any decisions into hand. Mm. Unless they are told and instructed and guided by Allah the Almighty, there are certain things that they don't do or say, mm. right? In the same way we see that the promised Messiah of Islam, uh, may peace be upon him, had had uh, taken so long because the commandment of Allah wasn't there. Yeah. So I, I remember when I was reading through um, this particular question, um, I came across a, a companion whose name was Hazrat Sufi Ahmadjan Sahib. Uh, may Allah be pleased with him. Um, who was the companion of the Promised Messiah. A.s. 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 May peace be upon him. And um, he'd actually asked the Promised Messiah at one point mm. um, if the Promised Messiah could take the Pledge of uh, you know Allegiance and whether he could take the Pledge of at the hands Mm. of the the Promised Messiah. Now, the Promised Messiah at that time told him that I'm not going to do that because Allah Ta'ala has not commanded me to do so, right? And that's the the same answer that I'm trying to... um, For example, if you look at the time of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's an example. uh, Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Um, The Muslims used to drink. There was a time Mm. where the Muslims Mm. used to drink alcohol. Um, Arabs used to. Uh, Arabs was, used to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Arabs used to drink, and even before even, the commandment was revealed. Basically, well, yes, I yeah. mean, Islam had Islam existed at the time when yeah, when yeah. the companions used to drink, but when the commandment came from Allah the Almighty, and you know, the injunction came into the Holy Quran, um, He told His companions, and the companions obeyed, hmm. and most of them, they they even uh, broke their. Um, the drugs the jugs that they were they were saving so,
0: yeah. or holding the the alcohol in. So that's in the same way, or or the fighting one. I'm th- I'm thinking of because you know the opposition grew so much, yeah. And then you know people were wondering, O oh, Prophet of Allah, why why can, why are we not doing anything? Why, why we can't? Why can't we fight back? Yeah, and that was it, exactly the given. it's the same yeah, thing. I have not been commanded. So by God yet.
1: W- when the commandment wasn't there. The, pro, prom, the holy Prophet wa sallam, made the peace and blessings of Allah upon him didn't stop them yeah but when the commandment came then he he told them and yeah. then he stopped them wonderful. and they also <clears throat> obeyed and that's the same thing when the commandment came for like you're saying in terms of war when they were asked uh when when, when they received the commandment that they can go out and they can defend themselves yeah. then all the muslims they they you know they came out yeah. of the, <clears throat> they came out and they fought the battles
0: wonderful, thank you very much for that now. Let's come to the annual convention. As we mentioned, that this uh, at every year at the annual convention here in the UK, and now even at other conventions around the world, Germany, America, and wherever His Holiness goes, you have this this bat ceremony, this pledge of allegiance, this this international bat ceremony here in the UK specifically because this is a universal, like a international gathering. Um, how does that look like? For someone who's not there, for someone who has never seen it, for someone who's hearing it for the first time, yeah. describe to us what actually goes on. So basically,
1: just imagine a, a football pitch. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a marquee mm-hmm. which is a little bit bigger than the actual football, eleven aside side football pitch. So the marquee is roughly 140 by 50. And uh, imagine the marquee is full with people, Mm -hmm. and uh, at the at the front of the marquee, um, where His Holiness Hazimir Zamzoor Ahmed, the current uh, worldwide head of the Amdi Muslim community, he sits down, and um, the the people who are right in front of him, they sort of uh, have the opportunity or the honour of you know pledging allegiance at his hands, and everyone behind. You know, so those everyone has their shoulder, um, at their hands on the shoulder of the person in front of mm-hmm. them. So it's like a it's like a chain system, mm-hmm. which sort of starts where His Holiness is sitting, yeah. to all the way to the end of the marquee, and not just till the end of the marquee, rather the the chains they sort of flow out of the marquee, yeah. and there's people, you know, thousands and thousands of people sitting inside and outside of the marquee, um, you know. Having their hands or somehow physically being in in connection with His Holiness, and they repeat the words of the of the pledge, mm-hmm. um, you know, after His Holiness, and um, it's it's a it's a very emotional yeah. and uh, very sentimental moment where uh, you sort of make a promise, you know, to Allah the Almighty that, um, you know. I'm gonna try my level best to. But, but
0: sorry, before that, yeah. <laughs> you actually you actually admit to your yeah, sins. Exactly. Isn't, isn't that? I mean, the first step that you you admit and you say that, "Oh God, I have wronged my soul. Yeah, I have committed sins. I have been, you know, this and that. And you're the one who's going to forgive. Yeah. You. And no if you
1: else. don't do it, then the, I'm gonna be. The, I'm, I'm gonna you know, there's nothing gonna be left of me.
0: There's no and one to forgive me. There's no one to
1: forgive me and there's nowhere I can go to. And that's uh, that's actually um you know, the end part of the bad ceremony. Yeah. Where at the beginning you sort of recite um the the words that Hazur is uh, you know, saying and like I'm just getting goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. But the, they they not they're not just you know, we're not just uttering those words. Yeah. Those words are so powerful and so meaningful that when you repeat them, it, it, it quenches, like, you know... It, your ego. Your ego, and, and it destroys, yeah. like, um, you know... You, L- like the promised messiah said you have to be you have to kill your ego and you have to be a uh, very humble yeah. and it really humbles you and it brings you down to earth and when you repeat those words you actually think about what you're saying and yeah, yeah. it's coming out of your heart and it can it can it can you know really mm. tear you apart um <clears throat> and that's why you see uh, so many people, you know, they, they go through a lot of sentiments and they get emotional yeah. and they cry. And and especially straight after the Pledge of Allegiance, when you, like you said, you repeat the words, uh, which means, oh, Allah, uh, pardon me for my sins. Um, obviously, if you don't pardon me, then, you yeah. know, no nobody else will. And. You go into a, a, a prostration, which yeah. is called a Sajda Shukr, a prostration of sort Thank, of thanking thanks. Allah yeah. that he had given us this opportunity to be part of this pledge. And, you know, um, in that Sajda Shukr, uh, what people generally ask Allah is that, look, Allah, we've done this wholeheartedly mm. and we've pledged allegiance to you now. You sort of help us and support us to make sure that we are able to fulfill this promise that we have made. Because obviously, uh, without Allah's help, it becomes very difficult in this day and age, in in this society, in this world that we're living in, um, to sort of, you know, Mm. abide by every single uh, commandment there is. And that's why it's very emotional. Um, but yeah, it's, um, for those people who, 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 I may not have done justice to sort of explaining what the atmosphere is like. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think anyone could sort of explain the feelings. You have to be there. You have to be there. But if you do wish to sort of see it, you can go to our um, uh, uh, alislam.org and uh, you can just write the word Baid or the Baid ceremony or Pledge of Allegiance of the Ahlian Muslim community. And you can actually see videos from the past years um, and you know you can see for yourself. I mean, videos also don't do justice to what a real life, mm. uh, you know, scenes are. But uh, at the least, you'll be able you, to get, get a get better idea. understanding yeah. On, yeah. on on what it looks like and how it t- sort of takes and place. The, and
0: the truly wonderful thing is that once His Holiness has repeated the word, so it's bit by bit, it is translated into all the different, different languages. languages that are. Present at the at this convention, yeah. and we know, and you've heard the programs over the uh, over the you know you hear the programs over the three yeah. uh, days of broadcast that we do here at the Voice of Islam of this convention, that you have people from from all parts of of the world, yeah. and to, yeah. especially this year after the restrictions have been lifted after four years. I mean, it's open to everyone. We've yeah. I mean, seen I mean, people from far and wide. MT
1: International is now translating in 24 languages. That is amazing. And at, at the JALSA convention, when the bear takes place,
0: I, uh, there are some more languages that yeah, are added, added. To, to those 24. Yeah. So we can go on and on and on, but um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Do stay tuned to find out more about this topic. As I said, the third day of the annual convention of the Amhmiy Muslim Community is the day where this pledge, with this you know, bet ceremony, happens. We want to conclude this program with a quote of the Promised Messiah, the founder of the Amdi Muslim Community, Hazratul Imam Ahmadun Peace Himself. He says, "To take bad, to take this pledge, means handing over your life to Almighty Allah. It means." Today we have sold our life to Almighty Allah. It is wrong to say that by treading the path of Allah, anybody would ultimately suffer a loss. The truthful can never be in a state of loss. Only he who is false, i.e. who for worldly gain, breaks the pledge that he has made with God, suffers loss. One who commits such an action because of the fear of the world should remember that at the time of his death, no ruler or king of this world would come to procure his release. He has to present himself to the judge, of all the judges, who will inquire of him, Why did you not honor me? Therefore, it is essential for all the believers to believe in Allah, who is the King of the heavens and the earth, and to make a true repentance. Thank you very much for listening. Assalamu alaykum.